encouragement. Being an encourager tonight. You can go ahead and go to Acts chapter 15 and verse 36 tonight. As we take a look at just for a text verse, for some names in the text. As we speak of encouragement, our journeys coming to an end. Kathy was singing and then and then we're going to be face to face with our Lord. What will we want to have done here? When we stand face to face with our Lord, I was speaking to a preacher at camp a few years ago, and he said, you know, it is it is ministering to the people that matters when when someone's in need to be there for somebody that that really matters. And God blesses that and God takes care of what you need if you're doing that. And and we have a great need to be encouraging to one another, to be uplifting to one another. Naturally, within ourselves, it's it's so easy to to cut someone down and to, and to tear someone down, to see faults. But as we as we look at what God wants us to be with one another, we need to build up one another. We need to be a great encouragement to each other, and we need to go to the Bible to find an example to do such a thing. So, who might we use it as an example? How about the Apostle Paul, is he like the universal Christian example for everything? I, I, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go around the room and I just want to ask somebody, tell me something you know about the Apostle Paul. How would you describe him in a word or two? He'd preach to anybody. Sure would. Someone else? Faithful. He, Paul, Paul, very faithful. That's right. Someone else? Fearless. Fearless. Fearless he was. He was stoned and he went right back to Lystra where he was stoned to, to preach the gospel. Someone else? Tent maker. He was. He wasn't going to be a burden to the people before the giving was established. And, and so he made his living doing that and he preached the word of God. Someone else? Loving. He was very loving. He was very humble. Yes, he was. Thorn in the flesh helped with that. But nevertheless, in the Lord, he, he did become very humble. He's the chiefest of sinners, he said. Someone else? Hmm? Yeah, okay. We know a lot about Paul. And, and so we could use him as that example. We see in the verse here, Acts 16.35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. So there's Paul again. There's Paul right there. But we also see another name there. And that name is Barnabas. And I'm not going to go throughout the congregation and, and, and have us to, to, to scrape the bottom of the barrel, scrape our minds to come up with something, something about Barnabas. Okay, okay, there you go. We can do that. But for the, for the most part, we just don't, do not hear as much about Barnabas as we do Paul. But as we consider building one another up and as we consider being encouraging to one another, this is the example we're going to use tonight. We are going to go to Barnabas. Most people are not as familiar with the things of Barnabas. Barnabas wasn't in the spotlight. Barnabas wasn't trying to be in the spotlight as a child of God in his mission work and his service to the Lord. Most people are just not as connected with the things about Barnabas. Barnabas didn't get a lot of attention. 
Barnabas did not try to get a lot of attention. Paul's name is in the Bible 210 times in 15 different books. But when it comes to Barnabas, his name is in the Bible 29 times in four different books. There's a little difference in in how much we find Paul and how much we find Barnabas in the Bible. Yet Paul would have probably not been nearly the Christian that he was if it weren't for Barnabas. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And the child of God who walks close to Jesus will speak life to another and encourage one another. And that's what Barnabas did. Barnabas did that with Paul. Barnabas did that with many. Barnabas did that by his actions. Barnabas did that by his words. His name means son of comfort or son of encouragement. And he fulfilled the meaning of this name. He urged other Christians to serve the Lord. The, the happiest you can be as a child of God is to be as busy as you can, doing as much for the Lord as you can. You can't be any happier as a Christian than when you're doing that. And Barnabas urged other Christians to serve the Lord and to live the, for the Lord. And he, and he, and he spoke, he spoke encouraging, uplifting words to others. And he was a great example. Barnabas had a very uplifting effect. He was probably the kind of guy that when he walked into the room, everyone just became uplifted. Everyone became a little more encouraged when Barnabas came in. He came in and you just felt good when Barnabas was around. I mean, when you think of somebody, you think of what they're about. You think of of how they affect you and how they are. And he wouldn't have to come in the room and say a single word, I'm sure. And people were encouraged and people were uplifted by this man of God. He sold his land. He sold his land and gave it to the apostles. You know, no one was asked to do that. He was the first one to do it. And uh, he did it without asking. He saw a need and, and without somebody saying something, that's what he did. He stepped out to fulfill that need and other people were moved by the Lord to do the same thing. And look what the Lord used him to start in the apostles' work and to help in their work. Uh, very, very encouraging. Paul... Think about Paul. He tortured Christians before he was saved or he had them tortured. He he was looking for anyone that was in the way. Anybody that was in that way bunch. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He was looking for any Christians that he might that he might torment, that he might have thrown in jail or ultimately maybe they might be stoned, something like that. That's what that's what Paul was about when he was on that road to Damascus. He was going to look for Christians that he might put them in misery in whatever way he could. And on that road to Damascus, he met the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, what will you have me to do? That Paul was saved right then. A lot of Christians knew about Paul, knew about Saul, and knew what he did to Christians and knew how he treated Christians. And so the testimony goes out that he's saved. And a lot of Christians are scared of Paul. A lot of Christians won't have anything to do with him. But, it, but Barnabas, Barnabas stepped out. And Barnabas encouraged the people of God to, to, to 
accept Paul, to bring Paul in. Barnabas was at Paul's defense when everyone else was against him. He stepped against the crowd. He stepped against the modern thought that was going on, the neutral thought about Paul, and he encouraged the others to receive him. On Barnabas's recommendation, the people received Paul. And Paul became a great great preacher. There was a time that Paul, that Barnabas was witnessing. I mean, it was just the right time. There, there, there's, there's just a right time in the spring to catch crappie, I understand. I mean, you hit it just right. And I tell you what, there was a time where the, the fields were, were ready for harvesting and, and God was using Barnabas and people were being saved. And, and Barnabas steps away. He steps away from Antioch and he goes to Tarsus and he goes looking for Paul. Now, I don't know what was going on with Paul at that time. It could be that Paul had a little hiccup. It could be that Paul was a spectator instead of a participator. It could have been a time where Paul was discouraged and down. I don't know that. We, we don't know exactly what was going on there. All we know is that Barnabas left and he went to find Paul and he found him. And Paul was willingly ready to come do the work with him. I don't know what was going on with Paul, but Barnabas goes and gets him and he takes him back to Antioch and and souls were saved and they were teaching Christians and they were building up Christians and the word of God and ministry was going crazy and God was doing amazing things and Barnabas had went to get Paul to share in that what what if he hadn't have gone to get Paul what about this Barnabas that wasn't in the spotlight that we don't know very much about? What if he hadn't have gone to get Paul and he was leading that movement that God was in when souls were being saved and Barnabas was in charge? Maybe he would have been the Christian in the spotlight. Maybe he would be the one we call the greatest Christian that ever lived, that did the most amazing works of God and God used him to start all these churches. Maybe it would have been him, but you understand when we're talking about encouraging and we're, when we're talking about building others up, it's not about self and it's not about what we can be seen for. It's about being a support in the life of someone else to go reach down underneath, bear one another's burdens, to lift one another up and to be an encouragement. You know, that was an encouragement for Paul to be used in that work that Barnabas reached out to have him share with. What a great Christian who had no problem taking the back seat and encouraging others in the front seat or encouraging others to the front seat. He didn't mind being that person. You're probably familiar with it's in the text here and a couple of verses down about Paul and Barnabas and Mark and and they're they're headed off on mission work and Barnabas wants to take Mark and Paul says no I don't want to take him he walked away from the Lord's work once before he needs to prove himself but Barnabas just couldn't keep from encouraging him who was right who was wrong in that well you see some good points on both down the road Paul said Mark is profitable for me under the ministry and 
And Barnabas stood. The contention was so thick, you couldn't cut it with a knife between Paul and Barnabas. And it was because Barnabas was was in his mode. He was using his gift to encourage and, and to lift up and to give another chance and a second chance and to get someone involved in the work of God again, to move them to the front seat. I tell you what, it's so easy. It's so easy to speak detrimental words. It's so easy to discourage someone. But what about speaking words of life that will build another up, that will encourage so many people are looking for confidence to serve the Lord? We find our confidence in him, not in self. But but what a booster that is when you have someone like Barnabas that will come along and to help you to be able to serve the Lord. Praise God for this Christian who took a back seat so that others could be uplifted. He went to people, he went to problem people, and he jumped in their burden with them. You know, there's an old saying, a friend in need is a friend indeed. But it seems like today, the saying that might fit better is a friend in need is somebody to stay away from. It seems like that's the way it is with a lot of people. We don't want to go to that one that is down and in need. By the way, Scott, I appreciate you going out to Brother Carl's and lifting that family up today. And, and that's just something that is rare that a lot of people don't do anymore. But, but Barnabas did and he spoke life and he, he made Christians that had fallen down to be able to stand up again. He helped them. That's what the Lord used him to do in someone else's life. And it sounds like we're really praising Barnabas here. He is a great example. He is what I'm saying he is. That's what he did. He was very uplifting. But before we go praising Barnabas too much, we ought to see how he became such a tremendous encourager in the Lord in the lives of other people and what he did in the body of Christ. I'm going to turn a few pages back to Acts chapter 11 and verse 24. Speaks of Barnabas, it says, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. I've said it before, I say it again. A person doesn't live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit lives the Christian life inside a person. And we must be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. The Holy Spirit of God has come to live within the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He wants to take over our lives. Some people have the Spirit. Every Christian has the Spirit of God, but the Spirit doesn't have every Christian, as in taking over and the leadership of the Holy Spirit overwhelming their lives because they're surrendered to the Spirit. This was Barnabas to be that encourager that we've talked about that I believe every one of us here want to be. It takes being surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God to do that. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to bind God's people together. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to make us sensitive to the needs of others. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to make us set our own 
own life aside and, and go be in the life and be a help to someone else and be an encouragement. If a person is going to try to be a good Christian in their own human ability, they're going to have to fake it. And it's not going to last. But to be continually what God wants you and I to be in the lives of others, it's going to be because of the ministry that He has left in our hearts by the whole way of the Holy Spirit to do this work of being selfless and being sensitive to the lives of others. Because God's design is for His Holy Spirit to live through you and I. We talked a while back about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I believe it was love that we talked about. And we talked about the works of the flesh. And we, we see what we can do naturally. And then when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we see what the Lord does through us. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of these things, this is what the Holy Spirit is going to produce through you and I. This is the result of the Holy Spirit coming to live within your being when you're saved and then being surrendered to Him, doing His work through you that you and I might see ourselves just as a vessel that God is going to work through. He is going to use us. He will use the, the, the chiefest of sinners, as Paul called himself. He will use and he will just take this physical body of ours and he will he will fill it with himself in our soul and he will do a work through you and I. May we surrender to the Holy Spirit of God, because I believe that every single one of us are meant to be a Barnabas. And he'll, God will use us in different ways as a different kind of encouragement. Some can encourage others in ways that other can't. Nevertheless, God uses our, us and our personality and our individuality in some way as He takes us over to be an encouragement to someone else. God wants to build up His people. God wants to help His people. And what a privilege it is that we have the opportunity to be a part of that. What a privilege it is that God has such a mighty work to do and He uses us to do it. He doesn't need us, but that's all part of His plan. He's transforming us and He's changing us and He's using us for His glory in the lives of someone else to rescue someone. That someone might be rescued. That, that someone might be given strength. And that it might come from the body of Christ. That it might come from the people of God when they walk in the church building and they're, they're loved by someone else. And they experience that. And they love it. They don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was when I was going to church and I was unsaved. But I knew there was something and, and, and there was a sign in, in the, in the church that was pointing to this is where you're going to, to, to find it and you can you can be saved anywhere, but nevertheless, I saw saved people in God's church and I found out it was Jesus that I need. I didn't need that other person's cheerful personality. I needed the Lord Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. Praise God that he builds up and he rescues and he gives strength by his people. He uses his children to do that who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Can we see our desperate need that the Holy Spirit might take us over. A good prayer would be, Lord, may your Spirit make me sensitive, use me, consume me for the sake of someone else. 
I know you've got someone you want me to work in the life of. I'll never forget a missed opportunity I had. It seemed just as clear as could be to my heart to help someone in a time of need several years ago. And I, and, and, and I, I didn't do it. I don't, I don't know if I got distracted. I don't know what clouded that picture that I had that seemed so clear of what I was to do and I didn't do it. And I sat miserably. After that, and I couldn't hardly look the person in the face after that. And I tried to do everything I could for that person after that. I never told them, but I tried to do everything I could. And I, I just missed it. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss it. And the only way we're not going to miss it is by being submissive to the Holy Spirit of God. Let, uh, let him have us and let him use us for his glory. Be surrendered to the Spirit. You know what that will cause us to do? That will cause us to set ourselves aside. And, and it seems like in messages, this has been coming up a lot lately. And that happens a lot with me. And, and, and setting ourselves aside, it seems like a message that we need today. Paul said, I die daily. In the word of God. And, and he was had to die to self. He had to die to his own desires. He had to die to his own pleasures. He had to push away those things that just he wanted to do. He had to be in the word of God. He had to be in prayer. He needed his books. He had to read his books. He wanted his books right up to the end. Whenever he was his departure was at hand. And we have to give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. And Paul was saying every day. I've got to die daily to myself that I might be able to be someone in someone else's life. Our relationship with ourselves must be fought daily to be able to breathe life to others. It, we're consumed with ourselves as a world today. It's all about self. It's all about the mirror. It's all about me, myself, and I. It's all about selfies. It's all about what we want. It's all about what we like. It's all about we like those who like us. And whoever's nice to me, I'm going to be nice to them. And, and it's easy to love those who love you already. But we've got to get out of that. That's what anyone can do naturally. But the Lord would have us to go where there isn't any love. The Lord would have us to go to that miserable situation with someone and reach down and dig them up and to be an encouragement and to build up the body of Christ and to be a help to them. Our life, our own life must be suffocated by the Holy Spirit taking us over for God's purposes. The recipe for a Christian to be miserable is to miss God's purpose in life. When this journey is done and we're talking about 10,000 years and we're talking about face to face with the Lord, what do we want to look back and to have done? I tell you what, it's important thing in ministry. It's important thing in ministry for every individual Christian to be something in the life of another to look at another's life and to be an encouragement and to be a help to them and God being glorified in the process. We don't want to serve others naturally. We would rather be served. But our Father is raising us up by the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives to let go of our relationship to ourselves. 
and to let go of our close relationship to things and to let go of our close relationship to this world and to have that sensitivity in the life of another. He's drawing us to a closer relationship with Jesus. The closer we are to the Lord, the more we're going to do those things that the Lord would have us to do. The closer we are to the Lord, the closer we're going to be to other people. God never called us to a Lone Ranger Christianity. It's all about gathering together. It's all about others. I went through a store with my wife the other day. I don't like to go. I don't like to go through this store too much, but I, but I did with her. And uh, and and on every aisle there were, you know, they have these signs and these sayings on these signs. And 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 it was it was just crazy on every aisle gathering together and and phrases like that. That's the sign that was left on the shelf. I don't know what everybody bought, but they left the one about the gathering place or gathering together. And that's what God wants us to do. We, we need one another. We need one another. We need to love one another. We need to comfort one another. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to get off of self and onto the things that God wants us to be about. A closer relationship with him and being more sensitive to others. When Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, this church was having this problem. They were headed toward a split. And half the church wanted maybe fun and games and half were, were really serious about the things of the Lord. And, but nevertheless, they were just trying to overtop one another. They wanted to get done what they wanted to happen in the church. And it didn't matter what someone else said. And that's why he writes in that book of Philippians, that all are seeking their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. And you'll also find in that letter, um, and don't look on your own things, but on the things of others. I know that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And I know we have problems with one another. You know, it, it can be difficult. It can be difficult dealing with people. Others can be difficult to deal with. Some people you've tried to help and you find that it seems like you care more about them than they care about themselves. Some people, the nicer you are to them, the meaner they can be. I don't get it. I don't know. But I don't think everybody wants to be the way they are to be. I'm convinced of that. That Look, there are rude people. There are mean people. There are selfish people. There are sinful people. There are very unthankful people. There are liars. There are backstabbers. There are arrogant people. There are negative people. But can we consider, can we just consider for a minute that people just might not want to be the way they are? Do, can you just think for a minute that people just might be in this cage and they want out of that lying cage and they want out of that arrogant cage and they want out of that rude cage. They really don't want to be in it. I, I believe that. Can we consider that people just don't want to be the way that they are, but, but maybe they have suffered some devastating things in their lives and that gives no one an excuse to, to go on not becoming what God wants them to be 
Because we're overcomers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm going to stop for just a second. I'm going to interject something about Carl Young that's been on my mind. And I know he's told his testimony aloud before, so I don't mind telling it again. But but he didn't grow up raised by his mom and dad. He didn't see a great example of a of a godly dad being a godly husband and all of these things. Yet that's exactly what he became. He became a wonderful, successful husband of 62 years on the 23rd of last month. And he was a, he's been a great dad and he's going to heaven for so many rewards. He overcame what he didn't get the example of. He didn't have the example of what he is in his life. And it's because of the Lord God Almighty being an overcomer for us. And he has been amazing things in the lives of many people and has many rewards coming. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ brings a reaction of love for people. You might not like some people, but you'll find yourself loving them. You'll find yourself sacrificially loving people you don't like. And, and don't mistake me, I'm not promoting that it's okay not to like someone. I'm talking about naturally, you just might not like someone. But the Lord will lead you to love them. The Lord will lead you to help their life. The Lord will lead you to have this person on your mind constantly in an ongoing matter that you might be a help to him. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and be, being a new creation brings a reaction of love for other people. Trust me when I say this. When you stand before God one day, and when I stand before God one day, look, we do not want to present a life to Him that had a guard up, that didn't let anyone in, that was just fine on my own, and I don't ask anything of anybody else, and I'm not going to be anything to anybody else. Look, the Lord's not impressed with that. He's not going to be impressed and, and there's not going to be a good grade for us. If that would possibly be you and I. If our life didn't reach out to other lives after we had been given life, life in Christ, we missed it. We just simply missed it. If we weren't in ministry, ministering to the life of someone else, not just a preacher, but every individual child of God, we just missed it. We're, we're going to be pretty empty when we stand before the Lord. I tell you, we would. I, this is a hard statement, but I'm going to make it, and it's true, and I think it's valuable to us. We would rather be used by people Betrayed by people, run over by another one, taken advantage of, unappreciated, and stand before God with that sorrowful sacrificing that we had, that we had administered, than to go before the Lord with a life that never was anything for the better of someone else. To make someone else better. To encourage another. To lift another up. I tell you what. There's a lot of our needs. That we won't have to fuss and fight. To try to take care of. That God will cover. If you're busy doing his work. If you're busy being. In the life of someone else. What you need yourself. 
God will provide for you. We're talking about encouraging one another tonight. We're talking about building up each other. And there's no, there's no ceiling as to where that should end. There's no ceiling as to where that should stop. A lot of our discontentment is satisfied when we're being something in the life of someone else. You're satisfied when you're sacrificial, when you'll lose so someone else can gain. Try to do the math. It doesn't make sense, but you're going to be satisfied. I'll tell you, our greatest example of this is the Lord Jesus Christ. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ suffered and He bled and died on that cross for every single, for every single one of us and every single lost person out there. And He had an idea how many would ignore the cross. How many would reject His love. I'm not saying He predestined you to be saved and the way people abuse that word and don't understand predestination. You, you, you make that decision as you're drawn by God to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you understand God knows the future. In His foreknowledge, He knew who would, who would just turn their head at the greatest love anyone could ever know. He did it anyway. He did you ever wonder why why straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and broad is the way to destruction? It's a whole lot more people that reject the love of Christ than those who receive him. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway for you and I. And he's the one who saved us, and he's the one who comes to live within us. Pretty much makes sense for you and I that we ought to be something in the life of someone else. Not no matter what. No matter what. You and I can't do that. If we don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, though, we can't do that. No, no matter how much church attendance we, we have and no matter how much we we go out of our way just to rub a shoulder with somebody that seems so loving and so spiritual, it's not going to rub off on you. You got to know Jesus personally as your Lord and Savior. I mean, to know that you're saved, to know and to have a life that's been changed. How do you know you're saved? He changes. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are become new. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, this is your opportunity. God wants to have His way with you. You're already accepted if you'll accept Him. Do you truly know Jesus? You'll find your ability... To be a Barnabas in someone else's life. Only by Jesus living inside you and living through you. But most importantly, you trust Him for the forgiveness of all your sins. Because there's a, there's a hell to pay for those who don't know Jesus. But to know that you're going to heaven for eternity. To know that you're going to be with the Lord. Do you know that tonight? Do you have that blessed hope? He is our blessed hope. He is our life. Look, is it, do you struggle to make any church attendance? Is he, is, is he just someone you try to make part of your life? Or, or will you let him be your life? Will you let him take you over? Will you let him work through you? Will you let him save your soul from all your sins? Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer.
Father God in heaven, Lord, we come before you tonight, and I thank you, dear God, for your man Barnabas that you have told us about, who never made it about himself, but he did make it about others. And you raised many great men of God through his encouragement. Lord, I believe deep in our hearts as a church and as every individual Christian here, we, we want to be that more in someone else's life. Lord, as I, as I think about those who have been an encouragement to me, Lord, I pray you're continually blessing them. And those who are in heaven now who were in my encouragement, it's a joy to think about their rewards and the fact that they're in your presence. Lord, I want to be half of what others have been to me. Dear God, I think we all want to be that encouragement to someone else. We all might want to be that one who by example in our words and the way we are with others, that they would come to us. That they might come to us for help. That we might see through that spiritual eye and detect someone that's in need even without a word, hardly. That we might go to them and lift them up. Lord, bind us together. Oh, bring us into harmony, Lord. Dear God, it's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And we're to be one in you. Your plan is that all might be one in Christ. Dear God, bind us together tonight. Help us to look at one another the way you look at us. And to lift one another up. And Lord we know it's impossible. For someone to. Continually be that. Or to truly be that. Without knowing you. And we pray for the one that needs forgiveness of all their sins. To have the peace of heaven in their heart. To know that Jesus Christ is absolutely surely their Lord and Savior. We pray that faith would be born in their heart tonight. They would trust you Lord. And they would know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone would.